We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, I'm Brandon Perna, host of That's Good Sports, a 10-minute-ish daily NFL comedy podcast. Have you ever wished for a crappy version of The Daily Show, but only about the NFL? Then, first and foremost, I implore you to dream much bigger. Secondly, I would recommend subscribing to That's Good Sports. Every weekday, I will be giving you NFL news, telling questionable jokes, and swearing just enough so you won't ever be able to listen with your kids in the room or car. I don't ask for a lot, but if you don't subscribe on iTunes, my wife said she will leave me. Thanks, and I look forward to putting my voice in your ear holes. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Dynasty Treecast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by our friends at MyBookie and Harry's. So, folks, week three is in the books, and we are entering week four. We had we had some big news right before the, the you know the the big weekend on Friday. Well, I'll be covering all of the big news from uh, the weekend. But first, I want to let you guys know you should become a Rotoviz Radio patron. Do that by going to patreon.com slash rotoviz. And if you become an $8 a month subscriber, then you will be getting some free Rotoviz merch at the end of the season. And then also make sure that if you haven't yet, make sure you subscribe to Rotoviz. Rotoviz.com slash radio gets you 10% off to a Rotoviz subscription and it supports the pod. So make sure you get your Patreon on and your Rotoviz subscription on with 10% off. Rotoviz.com slash podcast. All right. So. 
We're going to jump into today's show. Uh, we're joined by Justin Peake, and we may be joined by Dan Technical Issues uh, a little bit later. But if not, then it, it's going to be mostly the Nathan show today because Justin's on the road. <laughs> uh, but Justin, uh, how's it going tonight? Uh, it's going going pretty good. I've been traveling today and everything. I'm up, up in Idaho for, for work or Wyoming, going to Idaho for work. So yeah, it's been been a little bit of a, a hectic day, but happy to be able to, to jump on and, and help out with Dan having the technical issues. Just had to pull over. All righty. That's awesome. Hopefully we'll have Dan a little bit later. But like I said, we're going to start with the news that happened on Friday. And that was Antonio Brown amidst, obviously, we, we, we know the, the rumors slash allegations. I guess allegations would be, probably be the better word for it at this point with him involving a, a female. And so those allegations have and, and, and his response to those allegations have, have resulted in him being released by the New England Patriots, uh, his third team in nine months. Justin, what are your thoughts here? I, I guess just an initial thing. Will Antonio Brown play in the NFL this year? And will he play in the NFL ever again? I think he will play again sometime, um, but I think it's very unlikely to be this year. And it's still a real possibility just with how old he is. And, and so he doesn't have that much longer of a career to begin with. And with all the the issues and just, and, and really his, uh, his response to all of the issues, um, you know, he has not been handling all of this stuff very well and it's shown for sure so it it worries me i mean if he doesn't get his act together and start proving that he can be you know kind of mature and keep you know his off the field stuff off the field then it's definitely possible that that nobody gives him a look but i can't imagine i mean he should be able to get it figured out at some point so that he can still get some type of, of paycheck and be able to get out there on the field just with that kind of talent You'd, you'd think at some point he would figure it out, but who knows? Yeah, the, the popular thing that's been happening lately has been anyone who's been, you know, not getting a shot in the NFL. There, there's the rumors of, oh, is he going to go to the XFL? And I think Antonio Brown might be the first real one where that's might actually be a possibility. But I think that will be a good test case for all these, you know, will this person go to the XFL? Will this person go to the XFL? So often it's just like, no, they're not going to go to the XFL. Either they're going to go to the NFL or just not play football. Uh, I do think it's as a legitimate chance for Antonio Brown, but I, I would side with, I think that the, in order of most likely outcomes, I would say he plays in the NFL in 2020 or later. He plays in the XFL, never plays football again. That would be my order of most likely uh, scenarios for Antonio Brown. For me, I, I do have a couple of shares in my dynasty leagues, and I I have been trying to sell low. I mean, I haven't been offering like Antonio Brown for Kenyon Drake. I have been asking for some value in return, but I haven't even gotten a single counter. And like, yes, I know I'm I'm known for you know my terrible trade offers, and maybe I'm a little bit off base and trying to ask for too much, but not getting a single counter when I offered. Antonio Brown to everyone in my leagues. I think it's a total of like 27 different owners uh, across the two leagues and not a single counter from any of them. So it seems like most people are completely out on Antonio Brown and he's not really the type of guy I'm looking to buy right now. But if he does play again, we're going to look back at September 2019 and say, wow, he was basically free at that point. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, we saw it with Josh Gordon that, I mean, he his value has just absolutely rollercoastered on is he going to play or is he not going to play? He's been basically free in those times where it was you know, people wondered if he was ever going to play football again. And then obviously, you know, he gets back on the field and, you know, he, his value's right back up there. He's scoring points and everything and people people want him. I mean, I, I definitely I've been there, too. I, I, I have uh, A.B. In, in one league. And uh, it's I got several offers through the offseason, like anytime any news hits and, you know, something like his, his value would take a hit off something that happens. You know, I'd end up getting low ball offers thrown at me and I haven't gotten that. <laughs> he got cut by the Patriots and nobody has bothered asking me at all if I would sell him for a third or some, you know, some random crap. So, I mean, I haven't been looking to sell him either. So, I mean, I haven't sent offers and not gotten counters either. That's even worse. But, yeah, I, I mean, I would have expected every time there's been news in the past, I've gotten gotten some random lowball offers. So, yeah, it definitely seems like nobody even wants to bother sending something stupid low. His, his value is definitely in the tank. Yeah, and at this point, obviously, you don't we don't know where future picks will be exactly. But let, let's say in, in a world where we do know that, I'm going to give my valuation for my – what, what pick I would accept, the lowest pick I would accept for AB right now, I'm going to say in a 12-team league, if I'm, get, if I'm getting the 205 or earlier, I, I'm taking it just because I think that, yes, there's the upside of Antonio Brown maybe being a wide receiver one someday, which, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I just see much more upside in that early second-round pick or higher than with Antonio Brown and obviously not nearly the same amount of risk, so... If I can get an early second for Antonio Brown right now, that's a move I'm trying to make. And anything as low as 205, uh, is that around where you would have him as well, or, or would you would you would you accept even a lower pick? Yeah, I'd be roughly in that range as well. Uh, I mean, it's just something that at this time, like with just so much uncertainty with him, it's almost that I just don't want to even bother trading him, and you know potentially take that off the table where his value could go up and everything, but I'm not looking to buy him either. So he's just one of those that uh, I'm, I'm just kind of leaving alone. And I mean, but yeah, I, I think if somebody did offer me and what should be a, a roughly early second, and I mean, I know we're only three weeks in now, so it, yeah, it's hard to be able to really project those, but we're getting a little bit of clarity in terms of what those picks should look like. So if I get something that looks legit, like it probably would be an early second, I would take that. Maybe even a late second. I don't know. But, I mean, it'd definitely be somewhere in that second range, though. I wouldn't take a third, like I was saying earlier, if somebody sent me that. But, yeah, probably in that second range. And if somebody somebody sent me, you know, if a contender like was sending me a late first, I, I'd jump all over that. I'd be more than happy to go ahead and take that value off the table, and he may be worth way more. But, yeah, if somebody somebody could possibly pay it first, but I don't I don't see that happening right now yeah and Unless i, I, I want to buy him i mean no 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 i mean i'd be absolutely <laughs> I, I would say this i i would be absolutely fine throwing a third at him like uh, you know third round picks those are the type of about, about assets right. that if you lose them it's really not going to hurt your team at all so uh taking a home run swing like you know you can take a home run swing with the guy who fell to the 302 and was the draft pick in the fourth round in the nfl draft or you can take the home run swing with the guy who's been a wide receiver one for like six straight seasons so you would take a mid-second for him, or like 205 or so, 
and I'd, I'd pay three hundred one. Hey, you would, and you would pay three hundred one. Okay, I got you. Sounds good. All right, let's move on to uh, the biggest injury of the weekend. Possibly the biggest injury. Uh, actually, that's not true because we had the whole, all of the quarterback injuries. But uh, we have Saquon Barkley, uh, who is out of projected four to eight weeks after being injured against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, which has done two things. It has spiraled people into conversations. Should you trade Saquon Barkley for Christian McCaffrey? Should you trade Christian McCaffrey for Saquon Barkley? Where is Saquon Barkley ranked after a four-week injury? I don't think anyone is moving Saquon Barkley down in their rankings because of a short-term injury. He's a long-term asset. He's a guy that, you know, you expect to be an RB1 for the next five, six, seven years. And I don't think that this this injury changes that. If anything, I know that we're going to talk about this in a little bit. But one thing Dan hit on Twitter uh, today is that, yes, the, the Barkley injury dings him a little bit short-term. But how good J- Daniel Jones looked in against the Buccaneers is an upgrade like that that helps Barkley stock more than the injury hurt his stock. Yeah, I agree. Um I mean it's definitely Saquon's at like he's that age. Yeah, he's that long term asset. I mean, I don't know if you can necessarily project, I mean, six or seven years, but yeah, four or five for sure for a running back of you know, good solid years, uh, you know, barring any like ACL or something. But I mean honestly if he's gonna get injured like to only be out four to eight games. I mean, there's there's plenty of other guys that have had, had a lot worse in their career. I mean, uh, Devin Cook's obviously blowing it up right now, but you know he's had had worse. So I, I think he still should be the the 101 and everything. He should still have basically the same value. Uh, yeah, the Saquon owner probably does need to you know figure out that's obviously a lot of value that was invested in the running back position, and now they don't have that 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 production. So they probably do need to look for some points somewhere and be making a trade. But I don't know that. I mean, I, I wouldn't be trading Saquon away to try to get some points and replace him real quick. That's just, you know, cutting off your nose to spite your face. So, you know, you know, you mentioned Cook there. I, I actually think that might be the savvy move. And I'm not sure if it ends up working. But if you can offer Dalvin Cook for Saquon Barkley right now, because everyone is going crazy about his early season success, I still very easily prefer Barkley there because I, I think oh, that he, yeah. you know, he doesn't have the injury history that Cook has. Cook has, you know, obviously we're a bit removed from it, but he does have some off the field issues as well. So if you can turn the hot start from Dalvin Cook plus the Saquon injury into a Dalvin Cook for Saquon Barkley trade, that is certainly a move I'd be looking to make. Oh yeah, I'd, I'd definitely do that. Yeah. Maybe I should. I have Dalvin Cook in a couple leagues, so. Yeah, maybe I might make that offer. Uh, <laughs> but before I make that offer, I'm going to tell you guys about a special offer that we have. You know, the Dice Tradecast, we 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 do shave our beards. Uh, actually, I I do sometimes, but more, more so Dan and Justin. They they have some clean shaven faces, and they have Harry's ra- razors. They visit the website. They check out all the different products. Join Justin and Dan and 10 million others that have tried Harry's. Claim your special offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. Why should you try Harry's other than to be as good looking as Dan and Justin? Uh, Harry founders were two regular guys tired of getting ripped off and paying for overpriced razors. Harry's makes quality, durable blades at a fair price. Just $2 per blade. That's less than $3, less than $4. It's $2 per blade, folks. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. They refresh your wallet with a Harry's trial set. It comes with weighted ergonomic handle for an easy grip, five-blade razor with lubricating 
strips and trimmer blade for a close shave, rich lathering shave gel that will have you smelling great, and a travel blade. Tra- I mean, you're on the road, Justin. You need yourself a travel blade to cover you to keep your razor dry and easy to go. Listeners, make sure you can redeem your trial set by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. Make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your offer. Let them know that I sent you Nate Dog, Nathan Powell, Nate Dog Walks the Dog, uh, and help support the show. All right, let's move on. I obviously alluded to it with this Quan Barkley evaluation, and that's Daniel Jones. He had a very impressive uh, debut. Granted, it was against the Bucks, who did slow down uh, Garoppolo and Cam Newton, but they did not slow down Daniel Jones, particularly in the second half once they lost Barkley. So I have always been a bit timid on, on Daniel Jones, and I, I was talking with our good friend Russell Clay and obviously the thing I preach the most is if you have a player that the fantasy, you know, Twitter hates, but the NFL draft loved always go after that player. Well, that is Daniel Jones in a nutshell. All of fantasy Twitter hated Daniel Jones. He went sixth over on the NFL draft. And for some reason I didn't end up with any shares. I think it was mostly that I was investing those assets in Haskins, but it is frustrating uh, to to know that part of my strategy should have been should have been Jones, and I didn't get him, and he played so well in, in his first week. Yeah, I I got him like in in two leagues, one of them like in an auction before the NFL draft, so it was real dirt cheap because he you know everybody hated him, and he didn't even have the draft capital, so I got him got him real cheap there. And then I just uh, I just sold him like literally the morning <laughs> Sunday morning right before that game I had had too many quarterbacks and uh, traded traded for Bell so just just got rid of him and definitely kind of kicked myself a little bit I mean I, I feel like I still got a good deal with getting some running backs and I have good quarterbacks on that team so I'm not hurting too much but it definitely what, what, what was, what was the specific deal uh, so the trade was uh, Levon Bell. And a 2021 second, so I mean, no, like a throw in, and that was for Tom. This is super flex. Tom Brady, Daniel Jones, Miko um, Hardman, and Hakeem Butler. Ooh, the Hardman so, one. The Hardman one is the piece that might end up hurting you there. Yeah, I mean, well, that I mean, Miko just blew up again on Sunday, and Daniel uh, blowing up on Sunday, so. It definitely, uh, you know, didn't look quite as good Sunday afternoon as it did Sunday morning. But, uh, but like I said, I mean, those were some pieces that uh, I was able to consolidate, which I'd been trying to do. I had a lot of, uh, a lot of depth in that league, and not, uh, not as much, not as many studs and everything. So, uh, and too many quarterbacks. That's why I traded Brady and Daniel Jones. So. I still feel okay with the deal, uh, but yeah, I mean, Sunday, Sunday really hurt me, Cole, you know, just continued to look that good again. You know, who knows if the, he'll still play that role when Tyreek is back, but you know, he, he, he looked great and Daniel Jones looked, looked definitely great. So I've only got him in one other league that kind of disappoints me that I, I don't have him in, in more leagues. Cause I was high on him too. I took him in, uh, in our, uh, dynasty nerds and, uh, analytics team, uh, rookie deal that was um, that was one QB, but I took him like in the fourth round or something, mid mid fourth I think, and I, I loved that pick yeah, and just was crazy how late he's going or was going, and yeah, definitely definitely showing that value. Yep, and I I do think that 
obviously it shows the Bucks' weaknesses uh, on defense, but it does show the thing that we did talk about is that they have weapons. Even even with Barkley out, they still have Sterling Shepard and uh, Evan Ingram and some other nice pieces in that offense. So it's not like Daniel Jones is entering a Jets-like offense where, you know, and that that's the thing that people are, uh, the, the immediate comparison I saw on, on Sunday was, oh, are you ready to jump ship on Sam Darnold and trade him for Daniel Jones? No, don't trade Sam Darnold for Daniel <laughs> Jones. Um, maybe I'm I'm in take lock there, but uh, I am very adamant that if if Sam Darnold had Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard, and Evan Ingram, he would have been a top five quarterback. <laughs> and and Danny Dimes gets gets Golden Tate back in yeah two weeks, so definitely definitely has a lot of weapons that. I mean, he almost – it helps a lot. He's going to look way better than that. But, I mean, 330 30 yards, something over 300 yards and two touchdowns, you know, it was it was solid. All right, well, I guess I'll throw a quick rookie, rookie or oh, the rookie. <laughs> da- da- Daniel Jones or Haskins right now? Yeah, that's the guy with Daniel Jones. Just has – he looked better, I felt like, in the preseason anyway. He's gotten the opportunity sooner. I mean, I, I definitely think that Keenum's probably going to end up losing his job at some point just because they can't win. But so, I mean, I think they both will end up getting production this year. But I would have to, I mean, probably probably just by a hair. But I'd probably have to say Daniel Jones right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to lean on Haskins because I just think he looked like the better college prospect, uh, even though he did go later in the NFL draft. But I do think it's close and that it's one of those scenarios that if I can get a second on top of either side, if I can get Jones in a second for Haskins or if I can get Haskins in a second for Jones, you know, that's definitely the type of move I'd be looking to make. I mean, I think Haskins definitely he looked better as like as a college prospect, but he was on a lot better team. Yeah. I don't think that's necessarily that great of a comparison. Um, so I think seeing what they've done so far, like in preseason and in the, in the NFL, that, that's where I'd have them higher now. All right. Now let's go on to one of the breakout stars of week three. And I, with a 30-plus point performance, it was Darren Waller. This guy was kind of a, a fantasy darling throughout the offseason as a guy that, you know, in a Raiders offense that had uncertainty, and obviously that uncertainty was, Mac, uh, you know, inc- increased with the Antonio Brown situation. Uh, what would happen with Darren Waller? He was injured, like, the entire preseason. So that was something that it, – it was one, one of those things where I was like, is this fantasy Twitter excited about a player and it just doesn't end up happening because of injuries? Or is it just, oh, he's injured, and when he's back, he's going to be good? And it's starting to look like he's just good and that, you know, he's healthy now and he's going to be a featured part of that offense. So are you buying Waller as a long-term asset, or do you think he's just a product of there's nothing else in that offense? I, I definitely think there's there's nothing else in that offense. Uh, I, I wouldn't say long-term, like, three years. I mean, he may, he may produce next year, too, but... I don't think he's going to be able to have this much longer and everything. I think his value definitely shot up with Antonio leaving and just being, you know, Antonio was going to get all the targets and everything kind of be that safety blanket. He's just such a good route runner for Derek Carr. Well, he doesn't have that anymore. Who's a safety blanket I mean, tight end. He's always leaned on tight end. So he's definitely, you know, shown it this year. He can, he can be that safety blanket and, 
catch catch all the balls basically that that Derek Carr throws his way. So, you know, I, I think that's not going to just go away. But eventually, once they actually do get some weapons on that team, um, and and you know, like I said, they replace Antonio or something like they they do something like what they had had done they, when they signed Antonio, they'll get somebody else in there. And and that'll take some targets away um, just where where he doesn't need to lean on him so much. Yeah, I, I do think that he's he, he's both a good he's a good buy for people that are trying to compete now, because I do think he's, he's going to maintain this target volume throughout the season and be, you know, a, a top seven, top eight tight end. Uh, and I do think that he's a great sell if you're not looking to compete, because I, I don't I don't see him as a guy who maintains his value even into like next April. I, I think that yes, he could still end up being the Raiders tight end one in uh in twenty twenty, but the Raiders are gonna add wide receivers, they might add a tight end, they're gonna add more weapons to that offense. They're probably gonna add a quarterback. I'm sure, sure for the sake of John Gruden, I hope they do. And yeah, so I, I think it's very it's a very like it's a very positive short term outlook, followed by a very foggy long term outlook. Yeah, I can get on board with that. I mean, like I said, I, I don't know in future. I mean, like I said, it could be as early as next year. They bring in somebody else. They sign somebody else in free agency. Obviously, they've got some cap money now from not paying AB. So they could bring somebody in like AB was and then, you know, his his value. I, I, like I said, I think he very, very well still is the tight end one, but is not, you know, he's he's not scoring what he is right now. And... You know, like I said, it's just surely they're going to do that. It's just a matter of when and that that is going to hurt him and just matter how much. Now, uh, the value of Darren Waller was certainly hurt, but nobody was more hurt this past weekend than the people who bet on the Patriots to cover against the Jets. Uh, They had that big spread. I believe it was something like twenty one and a half, twenty two and a half. And that spread was all but guaranteed to be covered. Until Bill Belichick, which he isn't the type to say, oh, let's take the pedal off the gas. He's not the type to, to sit his starters, but he did. He's like, all right, let's throw in Jared Stidham. And what did Jared Stidham do? He threw a pass right into the arms of a Jets player who returned it for a touchdown and ruined the Patriots covering that huge line. So hopefully you weren't in on uh, the Patriots covering because uh, after a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off and watch some football. Game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives. Running backs racing down the sidelines with no one to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL, and there's no better way to make games even more exciting than betting on them. So the smart thing to do if you want to get involved on betting is mybookie.ag. No one gives more ways to win than than mybookie. Uh, They got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book. Don't forget where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Mybookie.ag is the best in the business. It's It's where I play, and it's where you should, too. All right, let's see. Let's I'll just take a little gander at what, what are some lines this weekend. Um, oh, we have, uh, and th- I guess this is going to be the weekly one. Let's l- look at who uh, who the Chargers are playing and how big the line is. And the answer to that this week is uh, the Chargers are flying across the country to Miami, and they are 16-point favorites. You don't see that too often. 16-point favorites on the road traveling across the country. That's the big line this week. Make sure to check it out if you want to bet on the Chargers, bet on the Dolphins money line, get something crazy like that. Who knows? But uh, make sure you're involved with mybookie.ag. 
All right, let's continue with our – we're going to talk about a pair of uh, young wide receivers. We have our first one, Terry McLaurin. He has been outstanding the first three weeks. Uh, He's looked great. His numbers have been great. And uh, we talked about this after week one, that Washington didn't have really any sort of wide receiver one, and it's showing that McLaurin is clearly that guy week in and week out. If if we were and obviously let's let's discard the fact that like you're re-ranking all the rookies, but let's say if you were just putting McLaurin into a rookie draft, where do you think he goes right now? I think he's uh, he's he's in the first for sure. I mean, I think I saw him getting traded for first pretty recently too, and then with yet another you know solid game, I, yeah. Maybe maybe mid first by now. I don't know that I can necessarily. I wouldn't put him any higher than probably seven or so. But yeah, I would say that's probably getting pushing where where the the general community is going to be valuing him right now. I would think. Yeah, I, I was going to say 107 to 109 range. I think that's kind of where his ceiling is at this point. But I mean, he really doesn't have a ceiling if he continues to put up you know 12 to 15 point games. And ends up, you know, being like a wide receiver two on the season, then he's going to be worth him early to mid first. And I don't think this is a flash in the pan short term thing. I think that it's only going to get better once we see Haskins, who was his college uh, teammate, uh, enter the game at quarterback. Obviously, I think Haskins is a better quarterback, which is going to be better for um, McLaurin as a wide receiver. And so I, I think that it's only going to get better from from McLaurin from here on out. I don't think he's a flash in the pan. And I, I'm not saying anyone is really saying that right now, but I do think that people are hesitating to put him as like a first round type asset, which I think that he should be clearly valued as right now. So then I guess the, the next question about the Washington offense would be uh, when will Dwayne Haskins get, get the ball? And if, if, Keenum's play on Monday night is any indication. I think it's going to be sooner rather than later. I've always been a huge advocate for get the rookie quarterback out there as soon as possible. Uh, I think that you learn more from actually playing football than you do from, you know, sitting on the sidelines with a headset on. So if they want Haskins to, you know, take his NFL lumps and, you know, learn the, the position at the, in the, at the NFL level, I think that he should be starting next week. I mean, he, he, obviously it's a little bit early, so I mean he could possibly be named the starter for next week. But I think it's more likely it ends up being week six, week seven. But for me, I think that with Haskins, it should be uh, sooner rather than later. I am a little bit different. Uh, my, my philosophy is a little bit different from you in that about rookie quarterbacks because I saw Blaine Gabbert as a Jacksonville fan get thrown in way too early, and I feel like it killed his confidence. He just, I mean, there was no way he was going to be successful when they threw him in with the pieces they had and everything around him. Uh, their offensive line was terrible so he wasn't going to look good either way and and that really hurt his confidence where even you know after they had gotten a little bit more uh, pieces and gotten everybody healthy around him it didn't still didn't work he didn't have it and and he even i mean he, he apparently when he played for the 49ers actually was able to show a little bit of talent occasionally which he never showed with the jags so you know I, th- I think he finally, it took him years in a different team to maybe bring that out. But 
I mean, it may be just a one case too. And, you know, just coming from me being that, that Jax fan and me having seen that and wanting to justify the pick and everything as like, yeah, that was still a good pick. We just threw him in too early and that's why it, it, he busted. But yeah, I mean, that, that's still the, like the, the bias that I have. I don't necessarily think you need to just throw him in lines den really early and just let him figure it out. Uh, but but I definitely, I mean, I, I think at some point this season they have to just, you know, Keenum has not been, he'll, he'll show for like a quarter that, you know, yeah, he's got some talent and everything and what, what he did with Minnesota, but not for even a full game, much less, you know, enough to be able to win, uh, win a game. So they're 0-3. I can't imagine them all of a sudden turning anything around. And, you know, at some point, like I said, you just got to go ahead and see what you've got in, in Haskins. So, and it's not like, you know, they don't have bad pieces uh, around him. Maybe when they get Geis back is when they decide to, to throw Haskins in there. So they've got a little bit more surrounding him. But, you know, the, the receivers and everything that they have, I, I don't think he's – He's not in a bad situation where they're all, you know, he's going to get thrown in the lines in and not be able to perform. He he's getting sacked all the time. The offensive line's terrible. I don't think that's the case with him, like it would, like it was with with Blaine Gabbert. So, I don't think he's if that whenever they finally throw him in, that he's going to just bust because you know of that have that, you know, negative that's going to hurt his confidence and everything. I don't think that's what, what's going to end up happening. So I think, you know, it may be a few more weeks before we see it, but I do think that's going to happen at some point this year. So I'm happy, happy when it does. Speaking of your Jaguars fandom, we'll close out the show with some talk of DJ Chark and DD Westbrook. Uh, obviously, DD Westbrook was the favorite uh, in terms of Dynasty ADP and Dynasty value entering the season. But so far through three weeks, it looks like DJ Chark is the more consistent and the, the better wide receiver. I obviously was more of a DJ Chark guy because of his draft capital. Yeah, sec- second round pick, I believe. Uh, and then D.D. Westbrook was, of course, a fifth round pick. So, you know, I had made my concerns about the consistency of, of Westbrook and uh, I was a big Chark guy. So happy to see what, what I've seen from Chark so far this year. Do you think Chark is now an every week starter or is or is this just been a coincidence he's had a few good games i still struggle to put in like for as an every week starter uh, but uh, i'm definitely comfortable starting him if i don't have you know just great options anywhere else if i mean i i don't feel bad if there's not an obvious pick and everything like that i need to take this but that's the nice part if you got a chark on your team he was so cheap uh, at the beginning of the season that you probably already have other receivers that you can start uh, unless you, you know, you've got like an AJ green or, or, you know, you've got some injury that's causing you to need to put Chark in. But yeah, if, I mean, if you're needing to, uh, you don't have really, you know, a solid better option than, uh, then I'm comfortable with it. But I mean, I, I don't know that he's an every week starter on anybody's roster that, that you're going to have to put that in yet, but He's definitely, I mean, I've been happy. I was buying up every DD share that I could uh, early in uh, in the preseason. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that I also went ahead and bought DJ Chark shares too. I thought he was going to be the, the wide receiver too. 
And I just felt like Foles could still support a wide receiver too. So getting him for, you know, a, a third round pick basically. Yeah. I was happy that I got that done as many times as I did. I'll wrap up the show by telling the story of let's not forget boys and girls that I was an idiot who traded Justin DJ Chark for the Panthers third string quarterback, Will Greer in a super flex league thinking, Oh, I love Will Greer. He's going to be a starter, the starter. If uh, Cam Newton goes down wrong, Kyle Allen starter. And he looked really good against the Cardinals. Granted it's the Cardinals, but uh, not looking good for Will Greer's short term outlook. Pretty much what sums it up, I do think that Chark is still a buy because uh, I don't think people are, have adjusted to him being a possible every week starter. So if you can get him for like an early second, I think it's a nice value to, to, to go with. All right. So that should wrap us up. Make sure you support our sponsors. We have mybookie.ag slash bluewire, harrys.com slash bluewire. Great shave, great betting, all those things. Thanks again for filling in, Justin. Justin, I think you've been on more shows than Dan lately, so we're, we're just going to end up firing Dan. All right. Thanks. Thanks again for joining us, uh, Justin. We'll see you next week, maybe. Uh, If not, we'll see Dan. And kadoosh! Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.